0: Hi, welcome to Mobile Interactions Now, the podcast where industry pros share firsthand experiences on making mobile interactions work. I'm Kevin, and I'm part of the team here at Tintech. On today's episode, Jean is joined by Regine Gilbert. Regine is an industry assistant professor at NYU Tandon School of Engineering. Regine talked with Gene about inclusive design and what UX, CX designers should do to create their digital experiences more accessible to all users. Take it away, Jean.
1: Reginet, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to have you on the show and discuss how businesses can improve their user experience by applying more of inclusive design thinking, a topic of growing relevance these days, I believe. But first, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you've been doing lately? Sure. First, thank you for having me on the show. My current position is at
2: New York University in the Tandon School of Engineering as part of the Integrated Design and Media program. So I'm an industry assistant professor. I teach user experience design, voice user interface design, and assistive technology courses. This is actually my second year as a full-time faculty member. Previous to that, I was an adjunct in uh, running my own consulting business, where I was doing UX design
1: and accessibility workshops. Awesome. Well, just to get us started, because I think people here, especially the business audience, when they hear uh, inclusive design, they know the meaning of it, but they don't exactly know what, what it really means for them. Can you just start us out with what you actually mean when you say inclusive design? Yeah, so, I mean,
2: you can ask five different designers what inclusive design means, and they'll all give you different uh, meanings of what it means. I like to refer to Kat Holmes, who wrote an amazing book called Mismatched Design. She says that we don't really know what inclusion is, but we know what exclusion is. We know what it means to leave people out. And in essence, that's what inclusion is, right? You want to make sure that you, as a business owner, are providing your services, or tools or products to as many people as possible, right? You want to stay in business. So in order to do that, having things made in an inclusive way is really helpful for your business.
1: Does it matter what that context is? How is it more experienced in today's context?
2: I like to ask the question of people, have you ever wanted to go somewhere and you couldn't get in? And And how did that make you feel? That is that that feeling that you had when you really wanted to go somewhere and you couldn't get in. That's what happens all the time with websites, with services, and especially for people who are in the disability community, right? That feeling of, I want to get in and I can't.
1: That's actually a very relatable way to think about this.
2: I think it's digital spaces. I think it's physical spaces. I think that you know we are now in a world where you could have a website and anybody can enter that website from anywhere in the world, right? And so is the language that you're using simple enough for somebody who may may not be a native speaker of that language? So when we're thinking about inclusion, it's not only from an accessibility perspective for folks with disabilities, but it's also from a perspective of, we live in this global world now. There are certain colors that you should not use in certain countries. There are certain words that you shouldn't use in certain countries, right? And when you're thinking about your business and your products and your services and who you're offering it to, you do have to think about everyone, which can be overwhelming, but you can take
1: it in little pieces. You know, having that kind of, hey, there are just obvious, you know, set of things that you have to think about when you're designing for certain people, but like taking that in a more disciplined method, because there are, you know, we're talking about whole design process where, you know, professionals are involved, try to make this more disciplined systematic so that they can just not forget as a part of the design process. Is there a way to do this better, more disciplined way?
2: you know, the classic design answer is it depends, right? Because it does. I, I feel that context, it's everything. In my past life, I was a project manager and everything was about the triple constraint, right? Of resources, cost, and time. And that is a triple constraint that every business owner relates to. Do I have enough resources? Do I have the t- time and do I have the You know, like, do you have what you need in order to complete the task? And a lot of times the answer is no. This is where planning comes into play, right? So if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And I feel that thinking about things in a long term, creating that roadmap for what you could do in the future is super helpful for uh, business. I used to be a project manager in my past life. So I'm somebody who thinks about things from, you know, like, what are the risks early on of, of this, these different things? So I think that it depends on what people have the capability to do at the time.
1: One of the key is to make it easy. Not only are we are talking about making design easy for certain people to actually use as well. So I, I do think that, for example, a like few days ago, I was actually in a typical persona jam session. And you know, stupidly enough, we are tackling. Hey, rather than just having one archetype persona, and and that you know, we can have a spectrum of personas. So let's let's try to go for set of personas so that we start addressing that nuanced difference, that little bit of a difference that makes a lot of difference for different type of users. So we are start doing this, and then this topic of inclusive design, and just thinking like, oh, does this mean? that spectrum has to be broader, even, you know, it's the exclusions. And and when you are saying that as a part of definition, I was like, oh, yeah, it hurts right here. Because that's what exactly what, it, what is happening with people who are not included in that persona. So what would you say that? Yeah. Uh, and this is sort of like a yeah, for well, help. What I would say,
2: and again, I'm, I'm based in the United States and thinking about The fact that in the United States, one in four people have a disability of some sort. And if you could think about your general population and understand that, you know, if you have four personas, one of those personas should have disabilities included, right? Because that's what is reflective of where you are from. You know, and it it all depends too, again, on like big businesses versus smaller. They know nothing about inclusion. They know nothing about making their website accessible. And then you have big businesses who know some things, but don't really know how to execute it, right? Like they're aware that they need to do stuff, but not fully aware of how to execute. And I think it takes an understanding of what problems do we have now, right, that exist. And then how can we? fix what we need to fix but also then how are we incorporating this new way of thinking into our existing workflow i've seen it done well and i've seen it done not so well i've seen it done well from the perspective of people especially like from a design team perspective they sit down and plan um, we're going to train people on accessibility we're going to in essence divide and conquer the different parts of what needs to be done, not just for the design team, but the marketing
1: team needs to work on this piece. You mentioned one in four in the States have some kind of a disability.
2: Yes. In general, there are four areas to consider. So visual, so people could have low vision or blindness. People could be deaf or hard of hearing. They could have cognitive issues or motor issues. So those are the four areas to consider as visual, hearing, cognitive, and motor.
1: In practice, what do you see as being able to address quicker?
2: I mean, you have to address a little bit of all of them because there's different things to consider. I think a lot of folks feel overwhelmed when thinking like, okay, somebody who's blind wants to come visit my website. What does this mean? Well, what is the layout of your web page look like does it make sense or you just do you have a bunch of moving things like a bunch of moving things for somebody with cognition issues is troublesome it's also like I have a chapter in my book called if it's annoying it's probably not accessible so when you're you land on a page and things just keep moving so quickly (laughs) it's not it's not really good for anybody
1: you know, I happen to work with a lot of tech industry people who the conversation goes in the direction of more of a, how we shape the user experience because not every user will play with the, some of the new ways to do it that they you know we believe will eventually will be easier. But there is that bit of a play and and helping the industry or the you know the creators to see if it's really working or not because it's kind of two-way streets. But I think it' it's a problem that we can solve by actually understanding different groups of users maybe, experiencing it differently, because I, I think there is a you know debate to be had about whether that's going to temper with the innovation of what you could do or could not do, which might not be satisfactory. I mean, this triggers another question that was in my mind, actually. Do you see the thrust of the conversation changing in a way that this is something like problem that's worth solving seriously in terms of a, a business outcome as well? yeah people are missing out to be honest
2: businesses are missing out on some money because they're not making things as inclusive and accessible as it could be there are over a billion people on the planet with disabilities and a lot of times when it comes to inclusion and accessibility it's oftentimes an afterthought and so thinking about it from the very beginning You're already broadening the amount of people who will have access to your business, right? And so that, in essence, will make your business more accessible to everyone. So what I've seen in the last, especially five years, I've seen a lot more interest in accessibility. I've seen a lot more people who are working toward making things accessible. Again, previous to my current position, I was doing consulting. And it was busy. you know. It, people are really interested in making things more accessible. Part of the push was a bit of a negative. In the United States, people started suing for money, right? So if a website wasn't accessible, especially to um, folks in the blind and low vision communities, they would sue because it's against the law. And so not every country has laws that are applicable for that kind of thing
1: what difference have you seen on mobile devices versus desktop websites i don't really think i've seen a
2: difference between because so many things are response that designed in a responsive way so a lot of the problems are the problems so if somebody cannot navigate a page which is typically the problem or if if, let's say for example this is years ago company got sued because they were putting like the discount number into an image like it was baked in it wasn't you could like you know if you can go on a website and you can highlight the text then that typically is readable by a screen reader and there were discounts put into images where it wasn't available to people with a screen reader nor was the description of that image saying that there was a discount and therefore anybody who was using assistive technology was excluded from that discount. Right. And like here in the U.S., you can't that's that's against the law to exclude. So, yeah, I've seen some some major changes and I'm very hopeful that we'll continue to see because as especially in the U.S., people are aging and we are going to reach a point in about 15 years, 14 years at this point where there will be more people over the age of 65 than under the age of 65. So what that means is that things will need to, you know, text is going to need to be bigger on things, right? Because people's vision changes. Captions are going to need to be added to almost everything because people are not going to hear as well. If these are just things that happen as people age, that if we incorporated these accessibility pieces now, then we, you know, we wouldn't have all this work later. (laughs)
1: So I totally feel the heat when you have those negative examples, but have you seen anybody who's really doing it pretty decently well?
2: I mean, the examples that I think of are the people who work in accessibility. So like equalentry.com, they're an accessibility consultant. DQ does D-E-Q-U-E. They do great work. They have classes. They have a DQ university to teach people about accessibility. And when it comes to businesses, I don't like to name names because things could change by the time things go. But I know webaim.org is a great organization that has like, like if people are looking to see accessible sites and what they look like when they're really accessible, those are just three that, I, that are off the top of my head.
1: That's awesome, thanks for sharing those examples. I will definitely check out because it, it is such an obvious thing conceptually, and and you understand this, but by the time you actually try to apply to you know what you're doing, it's just like hard to because I think that that says how big of a problem this is, and like what should it look like?
2: Yeah. yeah, now that I'm thinking about it, I would tell people, especially like business owners, if you're even just trying to get an understanding of what, what this means. Everybody has a mobile device on everyone's mobile device in their settings, there is accessibility, whether you have an Android phone or an iPhone. So I would tell people go get your phone and go to accessibility and just look to see what the different settings are that people can change things to. And some people even do it without realizing they've done it. And these are things to consider with your business as well. Like, are you, are you providing
1: some of these features? So that actually brings up one question I was hesitant to ask you because, uh, you know, last couple of decades, we are starting to see a lot new digital experience and new technology being really mostly on mobile, because that's where change is happening really quickly. And I'm wondering, as a professional who are looking at it, at these new experiences that is happening, mobile-based interactions, those things, do do you think it's getting easier? The technology that is being developed uh, is somehow making it easier to address accessibility issues, or is it becoming more complicated, difficult to address?
2: Yeah, I think that there's a lot of more awareness around accessibility. I'm somebody who's currently researching inclusion and accessibility in the extended reality space, so virtual reality and augmented reality, and what does it mean to even be accessible in those spaces. I think when it comes to mobile and web, we have a great idea of what needs to be done. It just people need to start to execute a lot more. But I think when it comes to emerging technologies such as augmented reality, and virtual reality that we have some ways to go in terms of these are newer technologies. And then how are we incorporating inclusion and accessibility? The best way to do that is to make sure that we're, um, there's a phrase, nothing about us without us, that is oftentimes used in accessibility. And so how are we making sure to include folks with disabilities in uh, development and design, hiring more people. I'm part of an organization called XR Access, which is was started by Cornell Tech and it's the the whole mission of the organization is to promote accessibility in these type of like immersive and new technologies. So there is work being done. There are people who are working on policy, right around these issues so that things are, embedded into, you know, like making sure that accessibility and inclusion is embedded into the policies that are being made around this technology. So there's lots of different areas where things are happening.
1: Well, any analogy you you want to draw? Because I remember working in the authentication technology space where security being baked into some of the experience by default, that kind of movement kind of helped bring about the awareness it's like okay (laughs) like the users won't because they can't really see it Mm -hmm. and and you cannot wait for them you have to somehow bake it into you know whatever they are using or experiencing and the whole notion of somehow by default, you know, embedding all those things, it became kind of a mainstream in a way when it comes to like security topic. Do we see something similar that is happening with the accessibility topic into the technology space?
2: Yeah, I think it is becoming a lot more mainstream in that there's so many different plugins now that people use to check things on, especially designers there's just a lot more conversation around it there's a lot more you know i'm i'm pretty active on twitter and so there's a lot of a lot more talk around accessibility which has been great but there's still so much work to be done because it's it's really you know no matter what society anybody is part of folks with disabilities are oftentimes left behind and so it's time that People start to, you know, if you are a business owner, hire people with disabilities so that you can make sure your products are being developed in the best way possible because you you have people in-house that have an understanding of, of people's lived experiences, right? And so there's progress, but there's so much more to be done still.
0: Thanks again to Regine Gilbert for joining us today. Don't forget to tune into our next episode for the conclusion of our conversation with Regina you can find more about Regine and her work on inclusive design at wp.nyu.edu slash ability or at reg underscore I-N-E-E on Twitter. To find out more about Jean and Tintech, visit tintech.com. Make sure to subscribe to Mobile Interactions Now in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or anywhere else podcasts are found. On behalf of the team here at Tintech,